It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is February 13th, 2018. My name is Phil Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com and of course the host of Locked On Magic. You can follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. I hope you have your Valentine's Day plans ready. I certainly do not because I don't have to worry about that stuff because I'll be at a Magic game anyway. Magic versus the Hornets on Wednesday. On today's show, we're going to talk all about the Magic's loss to the Chicago Bulls, including some of the positive things we're seeing and yet some of the scars that remain. Sounds ominous, but I promise you that it is not. The Orlando Magic, of course, playing the Chicago Bulls up in Chicago on Monday night in a game that was interesting in several ways, similar, the same in many ways, and frustrating in a lot of ways as well. But before we do that, I want to remind you, with the trade deadline having passed, you can go back and listen to my analysis of the NBA's trade deadline or of the Magic's actions at the trade deadline on yesterday's episode of Locked on Magic. It was our Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live. And of course, you can go back into the archives and listen to Friday's episode for an immediate, for a more immediate reaction of the Magic's trade of Alfred Payton. But tomorrow, I'll actually be on Locked on Suns to talk about Alfred Payton. And of course, he had a fantastic individual game against the Golden State Warriors on Monday night. And I'll be on Locked on Suns to do that. They do a great job covering the Suns with the same detail that I do on this show. So be sure to check that out. Um, tomorrow, we'll actually have a special guest on this show to talk more about the trade deadline and what comes next for the Orlando Magic. So be sure to subscribe to Locked on Magic on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. And if you're so inclined as well, check out the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On NBA covers the NBA from a global perspective or from a big picture perspective. But each individual team in the league has a Locked On podcast just like this one that goes into the details and the nitty-gritty of the team, just like I do here with the Orlando Magic. Let's dive right into it, though. Right now, the Orlando Magic took on the Chicago Bulls up at the United Center in a game that was... Uh, uh, Hard to watch at times, uh, kind of sloppy at times, and featured a lot of frustration, a lot of guys missing a lot of shots at times, uh, and a game that really didn't have a great offensive flow for either team, uh, except for maybe a stretch at the end of the first quarter when when both teams kind of got it rolling. Jumping right to the end, though, the Magic trailed by 18 in the fourth quarter, midway through the fourth quarter, and within six minutes, that deficit was gone thanks to a barrage of shots from Mario Azonia. Who had, again, one of, it probably, I don't want to say his best offensive game of his career. It was certainly up there. Um, but another fantastic game from the young Mario Azonia, who is really developing and blossoming in front of our eyes, at least on the offensive end. The confidence is back, and you can tell that he is willing to make plays. Uh, he's being smart about it, don't get me wrong. I think that he's making plays that are within the offense. 
but he's making smart plays and getting to the getting to the basket, making three pointers, which is a huge thing for him, uh, and doing a lot of really good things for the team, especially in transition. We're beginning to really see uh, exactly what made Izonia the fifth overall pick. Of course, it would have been nice if we saw this as rookie year rather than three years in, but. As Frank Vogel said, things have really started to slow down for him. He's really found a place, and the Magic turned to him, and he deserved it. He deserved every bit of it that he could get. I tweeted this uh, at the time, and the Magic were tied at 101 with, twelve. Uh, I think it was 15 seconds to play, and I tweeted, the Magic need to get Mario Ozonia this shot, and I cannot believe I'm writing that. That's how good Mario Ozonia has been in this recent stretch, and that's how good Mario Ozonia was in this game. Of course, Orlando did not get the opportunity to take that last shot, or at least in the way that they thought they would. With 15 seconds to play, inbounding the ball after a timeout, tied at 101, a chance to, to, to win the game or send it to overtime on the road. That's that's literally what the Magic had. They would, they just had to get the ball inbounds. And as the joke seems to be over the last five or six years, there's it's not a Magic game until you have an inbounds turnover. The Magic's, I thought the Magic set to, to inbound the ball was very poor. The execution was even worse. Team did not run hard off of screens, did not come to the ball, did not really help each other out. And Jonathan Simmons was forced to try and inbound the ball to Shelvin Mack. Mack could not handle the pass. Zach Levine steals it away, goes down to the other end of the court for a breakaway damn two-point lead for the Chicago Bulls, and now the Magic are in scramble mode. Not only that, they struggled to get the inbounds in again after a timeout. Again, with 10 seconds left now. Could not get the ball in bounds. They ended up getting it in bounds. They ended up finding a good shot for Mario Azonia. A deep three, a little bit out of his range. Not out of his range, but a little deeper than you'd like, but open enough. And, of course, he was feeling it all night. He took the shot. It turned out to be an air ball. The Magic were unable to corral the rebound. And the Chicago Bulls hung on for a 105-101 to victory. A great escape for Chicago as they blow the 18-point lead with about eight minutes to play in the fourth quarter. Steal the victory at the end when the Magic had the chance to win it on the final possession and, you know, hurt their own tanking chances, but yes, get a huge victory 105 to 101 at home. Like I said, this game was not pretty by any stretch of the imagination. The way I described the end of the game certainly would suggest that Orlando was inefficient offensively. They were um, really struggling to get the lid off the basket. There were definitely some good looks that both teams missed, and it was just that kind of game where everyone was missing shots. But at the same time, you got to expect a little bit more from Orlando. you got to expect just a, a, a hair bit more from your team there. The Magic just were unable to deliver um, uh, in a meaningful way. But at the same time, they were willing to fight, and I think that's 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 a really important point, and a point that Frank Vogel pointed out after the game, that the team was willing to fight, that they kept fighting, they didn't let the deficit, they didn't let the poor, the poor shooting get to them. Having said that, I think the execution was really poor. I didn't think the Magic moved the ball particularly well. I didn't think the Magic, I thought the Magic were attacking kind of haphazardly. They weren't, as Vogel likes to put it, trusting the pass, and it seems like right now every four or five games the magic come out and put in put in a dud of an offensive effort where they're just they just don't where things just don't click for them. Having said that though, Orlando is also really strong on the defensive end or are relatively strong on the defensive end. Uh, looking at the advanced stats here, the magic posted a 109.1 defensive rating, which is not very good. Um which is above their average, but there were moments where the Magic looked pretty good defensively, uh, struggled a little bit on the offensive on the offensive glass, 
Gave up a lot of points in the paint. You know, Laurie Markkinen had a field day on the inside uh, for the most part, but the Magic were able to grind and gut, gut out some 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 stops when they needed to, and obviously you had to to get uh, to come back from from an 18 point deficit. But again, it, it just feels like everything in this game had a silver lining. Chicago was in control of this game. Chicago was the one that was taking a six point lead. Letting the Magic get back into it and then going back up eight and then letting the Magic get back into it and then going back up seven, eight, nine points. And finally in the fourth quarter, the Bulls seemingly broke through, uh, building that big lead and the Magic just, just they, they didn't have answers. They couldn't get stops. They couldn't make shots. And that's kind of what happens uh, and that's how a big lead gets built on 105, uh, eventually an 18-point lead. But Orlando, to their credit, did fight back. They were able to start making threes. Mario Azonia went on a tear. He scored 13 of his 24 points in the fourth quarter. Orlando started to build some momentum, and that got the team back into the game. That got the team back into the swing of things and gave themselves a chance to win. And on the road, considering everything the Magic had been through, uh, as I always say, it's less about the opponent and more about the Magic. Everything they've been through this season, the least you can ask for right now is a chance to win every game. And as I've always said, when you get the chance to win every game, you can start building the expectation to win. You can start feeling disappointed in losses. You can start saying, you've got to be better at this, this, and this, and this. The Magic are beginning to do that every single night. And I do think that that is a positive po- positive point, and I'll, I'll make that point in just a moment. But overall, the Magic do have to look back at this game and feel like they gave it away. That they had the ball in their hands last possession of the game, and were unable to execute and unable to pull out the victory in the end. That in and of itself should be disappointing to this team and to this group. There's no getting around it. The Magic should have at least gotten the last shot. I'm not saying they should have won the game. I don't care that they they won or lost this game. I mean, I'm I'm getting a reputation online, and I I want this reputation that I am anti-tank. I am anti-tank. If you have a chance to win the game, you need to win the game. Now, the expectation needs to be to win the game. I think that there are some deep cultural problems with this team, and they need to be rooted out right now. And cheering for losses is not the way to do that. The Bulls, Zach Levine honestly said said it best. I I'm not here to lose. Or I don't know if he said it exactly like that, but he essentially told Bulls fans who are hoping that the team tanks this year, I'm not trying to lose games. I want to win games. That's the attitude you have to have, and that has to be the internal expectation within the team. Whether management says, hey, hold this guy out a little bit longer for injuries, that's fine. Whatever. There's no reason to rush a guy back from injury when you're out of the playoff picture. That's fine. I can live with that. But the five players on that court at the end of a game or five players on that court at any one time need to be doing everything they can to win games. That's how you build a positive winning culture. And that's what the Magic are trying to build. And so, my disappointment now is that the Magic had the last shot of the game. And not only did they turn it over, which if it's an aggressive turnover, fine. They turned it over on something that you learn in middle school. Something that is just so simple and easy to do, and yet the Magic have struggled with it for five or six years. And it's going to get to the larger point I want to make about this game and about how the Magic have played for the last month of the season. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. But let's quickly run through the stats real fast. Like I said, Mario Zonia leads the way with 13 of his 24 points in the fourth quarter. He finishes with four steals, three blocks. Two of them came on one possession. Six rebounds, five for six from the foul line, three for four from beyond the arc, and eight for 14 from the field. A fantastic game for Mario Zonia. I, you know, I, I've developed a little bit of a reputation as a Mario hater. I'm still not, I'm not, I'm not willing to say that he should be a full-time starter, but give the kid minutes. You're seeing his confidence come through, and yes, he is delivering for this match team in a way that I did not expect him to. Uh, his shot has returned. When he is making shots, he's a very valuable player, and that, that was proven throughout the fourth quarter on Monday. Defensively, he's still got a little ways to go. He's a little outmatched uh, at power forward, but I don't know where the magic, where else the Magic can put him, to be honest, because his defense is still a huge work in progress, but it is getting better and better and better, and we are seeing that. He is... Still probably not an average defender, but he is a but he is passable. His shot makes up for his lack of defense. And so I think that Hizonia has taken some huge steps. His development has been one of the big stories of the season. And I think overall says good things about what the Magic are trying to build behind the scenes. Uh, but a, a fantastic effort from Mario Zonia. Magic do not get back into this game without Mario Zonia. Period. Full stop. So give him the credit for that. He was the star of the game. Deserved to take that last shot. I don't care that he airballed it. It was a good look, a confident shot. Keep taking them, and I'll be happy. Um, you know, he, he tends to have a little bit shaky shot selection at times, but this was not that case. He deserved to take that shot and get that opportunity, and hopefully next time he will make it. Evan Forney with 22 points, 9 for 16 shooting, 5 assists on the night. Overall, thought it was an okay game from Evan. I, I didn't. I, not not a whole lot to write home about. Um, got his got his work in, got his points in, um, did some good things for the Magic, kept them afloat, especially in that second and third quarter as Orlando was trying to stay in the game and trying to trying to find some offense. Uh, he was someone that they could go to. Some of the other players, though, some of the other notable players, though, did not provide the offensive spark that you would hope for. Jonathan Simmons, fourteen points, six for sixteen shooting, five assists, four rebounds. Typical Jonathan Simmons game, really struggled to make jumpers, 0 for 3 from beyond the arc, needs to get to the paint, needs to get to the foul line, didn't quite get to the foul line, only two free throw attempts, uh, but overall kind of did what Jonathan Simmons does, so I I don't think that there's a ton to be upset about uh, when it comes to Jonathan Simmons and his game. Bismack Biombo 5 for 7, shooting 10 points. Just four rebounds for Biombo. Biombo hit a couple of jumpers in this game, which was really strange. In a game where the Magic struggled offensively, Biombo was hitting jumpers. But that's not why the that's not why the Magic paid Biombo all that money. They paid him all that money to rebound, block shots, defend. Magic defense was eh, not that great. Chicago scored fifty points in the paint. Some of that had to do with Hazonia guarding Laurie Markkinen. Um, but Biombo wasn't much of a force on the inside. Got beat to rebounds by Robin Lopez. T- to me, the most disappointing thing with Biombo is 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 that his rebounding is just not good. He needs to be a dominant rebound. He needs to be, if he's starting, he needs to be getting eight or nine rebounds per game. Period. Period. Like, that. that that's that's where he needs to be. That's what the Magic need from him. The Magic are not a good rebounding team. 
That's already established. Part of that is because Aaron Gordon's not a great rebounder at the power forward spot. Now you have Mario Zonia, who is not a great rebounder, um, but he's got six six rebounds more than your starting center, who's supposed to be a good rebounder and supposed to be a a, a strong player uh, in the paint. And so the Magic have to have to find a way to to, to make up that gap. And and right now they are not, and it, it's hurting the team. DJ Augustin, five points, one for six shooting. Ended up not closing the game. That went to Shelvin Mack, who had five points, two for eight shooting. Again, just a, a you're going to see a lot of players who just struggled to make shots. Aaron Afalo, seven points, two for five. Reese Spates, ten points, four for nine. Uh, just not a lot of guys making shots in this game. In all, Orlando shoots 44% from the floor. It was much worse before the fourth quarter. 32.3% from beyond the arc, 10 for 31. Got to line for 19 free throw attempts, which is a good number. But again, out-rebounded. 47-38, gave up 12 offensive rebounds. Again, 50 points in the paint. Those are numbers the Magic cannot live with. Those are numbers that the Magic cannot succeed with uh, in the long run. And so, again, just got to fight. I mean, they were able to stay in this game. They were able to give themselves a chance, but made the task that much tougher. For the Bulls now, Laurie Markkinen, 21 points, 9 for 19 shooting, 0 for 6 from beyond the arc, 8 rebounds, really abused Mario Azonia in the post. Hazonia um, just huge size disadvantage. Tried fronting, got thrown over the top. Just... It's games like this that are like, where does Mario Zonia fit? Uh, you know, he's not. You got to play him at the three at some point, right? Um, I, I'm still a little skeptical. I want to see him do it. Don't get me wrong. I, I want to see because see that happen because Zonia is playing better, and I think he can handle it better than maybe he could at points last year. But Markin and Zonia was just not a good matchup. Um, Zonia did some good defensive things. I thought um, was was trying to be crafty defensively. Held his ground, but Markkinen just had such a huge advantage. He was able to score over him uh, most of the time. Zach Levine, 18 points, 7 for 16 shooting, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. Jerry and Grant, 14 points, 6 for 9 shooting, 7 assists, 6 rebounds. Bobby Portis off the bench, 19 points, 8 for 17 shooting, 3 for 6 from beyond the arc. When did Bobby Portis start making threes? 7 rebounds, including 4 offensive rebounds for him. Denzel Valentine added 11 for Chicago. They shoot only 45.5% from the floor. 9 for 32 from beyond the arc. That's 28.1%. Again, 12 offensive rebounds, 50 points in the paint, and just 9 second chance points for the Bulls. They led by 18 in the fourth quarter, gave up that lead, was 101-101 with 12 seconds left. Orlando's turnover cost them. Zach Levine with the game-winning dunk to make it 103-101. The Chicago Bulls defeat the Orlando Magic 105-101, sending the Magic to 18-38 and and keeping them in prime lottery position. After Monday's games, the Magic are fifth in the lottery positioning, just a game ahead or behind. I don't know what 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 it is there, but they are a game clear of uh, the worst record in the league, which for now belongs to the Phoenix Suns and the Sacramento Kings. That's your Tankathon update right there. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. But like I said, I don't think focusing on that is the way to go. I agree with Frank Vogel. I agree with the Magic staff that that is not the way to think about 
the rest of the season and the way to think about how the Magic should approach these final 20-some-odd games. I mean, we're at game 56, so there are now officially 28, no, 20, 26 games remaining in the season. Hard to believe. I don't think focusing on tanking is and the, and the draft board is the way to go. The draft is going to work out the way the draft works out. It's a lottery. As much as everyone tells me the odds, the odds, the odds, tonight's win might have been the win that got the Magic the number one pick. Tonight's win might have been the win that got the Magic the number two pick. It works both ways. So, I, again, regardless, the Magic aren't focused on that. The Magic are focused on building a winning culture. It's something I've, I've harped about. It's something I've banged about for the last month, two months, ever since the Magic essentially got eliminated from the playoffs, since, since this losing streak began. Building a winning culture is not easy. It takes baby steps, especially when a team is lost for so long. It's about, it's not so much about actually winning or actually doing things. It's about building habits. The Spurs lose games all the time, not as much as anyone else, but but they'll get beat up pretty bad. But they know how to recover from it. What's marked the magic over the last five or six years has been an inability to recover from adversity. It's the woe is me, here we go again attitude that destroys a franchise, that makes a franchise expect defeat. That's the kind of thing that the magic have to root out right now and spend this time rooting out and changing, and flipping over into what they hope to become. After the Magic lost to the Houston Rockets, and everyone was talking about James Harden and all and all that, I penned a column that said, the Magic are competing again. That was a very basic thing. I mean, like, it's insane to have to talk about it. That yes, the Magic are competing. They're fighting hard. They're trying to win games again. Or they're, they're, they're giving themselves a chance to win games again. But knowing where the Magic had come from, with all the blowouts that they had this year and past years, that fact alone mattered. And the next night against the Los Angeles Lakers, the Magic had perhaps their best win, or at least their biggest win of the season, or the biggest blowout win of the season, or just a complete decimation. I mean, obviously, they beat San Antonio and Cleveland earlier in the year the way they did. That's not a win the Magic would have gotten a few years ago. That's not a win the Magic would have gotten a few weeks ago or a few months ago. No, in, in that moment, the Magic built off the work they had done. They recognized that it's just one game, that they had done some good things and made sure to correct their errors the next time out. Take Monday's game, for example, too. In an 18-point deficit with eight minutes in the fourth quarter, how many times have we seen the Magic allow that lead to balloon to 25, to 30, if there were enough time, to 40? How many times have we seen that over the last five years? How many times have we seen that over the last two years? How many times have we seen that in the last year?
teams that expect losses subconsciously give up. They give in to that defeat and let go of the rope, so to speak. That's what the Magic have done in the past. But that's not what the Magic did Monday night. Monday night, they faced an 18-point deficit. And they fought back. They held the line. They buckled down. Maybe it was late. Maybe it should have been sooner. But they didn't give up on the game. And they gave themselves a chance to win. That response, that ability to fight back, that's the foundation of a winning culture. That's the beginning of it. It's the willingness to compete. The willingness to fight for the man next to you. To, 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 to give your all for that win. For that one little reward. And then to do it all again the next night. We're really seeing the magic embrace this idea. In the last month of the season. They are playing, as Vogel would say, with a great competitive spirit. They're fighting hard. They're playing with the pass for the most part. And they're giving themselves chances at victories. The chance to build confidence more than anything else. And that's what it's really about. Confidence. Orlando can do it. This roster isn't perfect. They're still going to lose games because it's a mismatched roster that's at a little bit of a talent deficit because of injuries and because, yeah, the team needs to get better players. But doing these little things matters in the long run. Doing these little things build the expectation of winning. Where you're not satisfied with a loss. You hurt when you lose. And you hunger for more victories. Because those build on themselves too. The Magic have played really well in, the, in, the, in this most recent stretch. There's no denying this. Are they playoff good? They play like it, but in long stretches, probably not. But they are playing very, very well. But the scars of their past still pop up. That inbounds turnover is a symbol of this team's scars. They can't seem to get out of their own way. And as I said... Building a winning culture is really about building habits. Going through the process and doing the work you need to do to get yourself ready for every game. To prepare to win basketball games. And just like winning is a habit or a collection of habits, losing is a collection of habits. It's the giving up those 18-point 18 18 deficits to, to, to become 25, 30-point embarrassments. 
it's seizing up late in games, as the Magic have done. It's turning the ball over on inbounds plays, like that in those big moments. Not fighting at that last minute. I've been more, probably more annoyed than most people by the inbounds turnover thing because I, I created that joke. I created the joke that it's not a magic game until there's an inbounds turnover. It was a symbol of ineptitude. It's absolutely a symbol of ineptitude. You learn how to inbound the ball. It's the most basic play. You put the ball in play. You get the ball in. And it's these kinds of things the magic need to shed. It's those kinds of silly, self-inflicted wounds they need to shed. Because the specter of those losses still remains with a lot of these players, and it infects everybody. One player feels panicked, it throws everyone off. And again, this is what needs to change. It's about confidence. It's about trusting the process, for lack of a better term. It's about building the little things it takes to win games. This season is not necessarily about winning games. The Magic are going to lose plenty. Do not worry about it. 18-38 and puts them fifth best lottery odds. That gets you one of the top six guys in this draft. Most likely. And who knows what else. The Magic will still win games. Their schedule the rest of the way is relatively easier than the rest of the league's. But it's about building up the expectation of winning, the habits of winning, the process of winning, how the Magic want to win games and how the Magic want to play. Orlando's not going to flip everyone over. Yes, we expect them to flip over the core and begin making changes and trades and all that stuff this summer, but they're not going to be 15 new guys next year. In fact, I would venture to guess that there's going to be a player that, that a lot of Magic fans are going to wish was traded or they think is going to get traded that will not get traded this summer. Parts of this roster will return. And so if you want to make next season better, it starts with building that foundation now. It's not about the wins today or the wins this season. It's about building up the foundations and the habits that will lead to wins next season and beyond. We're seeing the team have some great player development of late. Mario Zoni has taken a huge step up. Ken Burch has looked great. Wes Wundu's looked great. Aaron Gordon's taken a step forward. Evan Fournier's played better this year in several ways. Nikola Vucevic has really improved. Players have gotten better. There is the beginnings of that, of that player development that the Magic want. But now they have to take that and translate it into the habits of winning. What it will take to win games when it matters most. And really the best way to do that is with experience. Winning begets winning. So if there's disappointment from Monday's game, it's not that the Magic lost. It's that they were the reason they gave it away. And those ghosts remain from five years of losing.
I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. You can, of course, find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. We'll be back again tomorrow with an extended episode of Locked On Magic. We should have a guest on the show. We'll talk all about the trade deadline, what happens next with the Orlando Magic, what we're expecting as we head look forward to the offseason, and of course, other things around the league as far as the trade deadline. So be sure to tune into that. Again, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. And don't forget, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. And of course, follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. I'm going to be taking a break for the All-Star break, uh, so I'm only doing Monday through Thursday this week, so I'll do a recap of the game against the Hornets on Thursday, uh, and then I will uh, go, take, go, si- go silent Friday, so no episode Friday, no Facebook Live on Sunday. We'll be back Monday with another epi- with an episode of Locked on Magic after the All-Star break, but want to take a little bit of a deep breath before the, uh, after the All-Star break, um, since Magic will be kind of off as well, um, and, uh, and just uh, kind of recompose ourselves for the stretch run here for the final 24, 25 games or so. Again, that's going to do it for me. I want to thank you all again for listening to Locked on Magic for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. This has been Philip Rossenreich. I will see you all again tomorrow for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.